I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of The Athletic Hockey Show. It is Friday. It's Haley Salvian, Sean Gentili. It's the last show before the draft. It's the last show before free agency. Well, we're not having a show before free agency opens. We is this say. the this last is show? This is the last Friday show before things get very busy. So we've brought in our friend Dom Luschishan to join us to do more of a, uh, a free agency primer. Actually, we're just going to ask Dom about the top draft eligible prospects today. <laughs> nice. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Tom Willander. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is going to go first overall? It's a tough one this year. Um, a lot of <laughs> options. Yeah. <laughs> so. Number one, There's Connor no Bedard. consensus. No. Number one, Connor Bedard. Number two, Connor Bedard with a mustache. Number, <laughs> yeah. num- number three, Connor Bedard with a pair of funny glasses. Number yeah. four, Adam Fantilli. That's Dom's, that's Dom's uh, prospect board. Uh, but no, Dom had the top 50 unrestricted free agent list. He was looking at what Austin Matthews could sign for. Contract guides. How much do teams pay different players in free agency? So lots to tee up with Dom. But first, hello, Sean. Hi there. Is this is this the last show period before the draft for anybody or just us? No, there'll be a prospect show. Who hosts that? I think it's it Craig Custins. <laughs> He doesn't even host his own show. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's Max Boltman. It's Corey Pronman. They're going to have a lot of content between now and the draft. The first round is on Wednesday, second round Thursday. And then there's a NASCAR race on the weekend. If you're interested in that, that's all happening in Nashville. Nope. But um, they're going to have three podcasts next week is, is my understanding. They're going to have a Tuesday afternoon before the draft, then Wednesday night, recapping the first round and then Thursday night recapping round one, round two. And then they'll obviously have their show that comes out on Fridays as well. So check them out for tons of draft content. Max and Corey are the reasons why Sean and I will not be recording next yeah, week. We, we, and 
and we thank them for it. You know what yes. we should do today in addition to the UFA talk? Uh-huh. Is make sure we hit up trade stuff, <laughs> like trade speculation where like where we can because mm-hmm. uh, the UFA uh, market sucks. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. we were getting to that. <laughs> I know. I just want to say it off the top cuz cuz people yeah. people are going to hear uh, top understandably, 50 they're like we don't want like, it. Uh, we don't want it. We don't want to hear this bullshit. Like we don't, we don't, we don't care about any, any of these players. There yeah. will be there will be trade discussion mixed in. Absolutely. And uh welcome Dom. Hello. Hi. Thanks for doing this today. Always a pleasure to be asked at 30 <laughs> minutes before the show. Hey, do you want to come on today? And then I'll be like, nap or talk it, to Sean. Yeah, right. You, you, you make it sound like you have some like big slate of of stuff to do ahead of t- today. You you don't. I know. I considered going for a bike ride. And then you considered not. And here this we was are. The, this was the like, oh, great. Now I don't have to go for a bike ride because I have to do the podcast. I like going for a bike ride. It's very nice to be... Uh, driving down the the lake and it's it's terrible after five when all the all people are done when everyone's their normal jobs Mm -hmm. what's tight about about our schedule right now is that we don't have to do power rankings today so that that has completely changed the complexity of my thursdays because they used to be like nonstop because of that Mm -hmm. because of this record because of some other things that i would typically do on on thursdays it was always just it was brutal Mm -hmm. now without like six hours blocked out for that bullshit man i'm like i'm 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 free i can do whatever i want you you have a glow like you you can't see this you have a glow about you (laughs) it's because i'm it's because i'm recording in a bathroom so i'm backlit but yes that too jesus all right so first before we get to the free agency primer and looking at some of the potential trades i guess this folds in with that, but this is a bit more team-specific, a bit more newsy. So this morning, this Thursday morning, Frank Saravalli sent out three tweets that just ruined everyone in Calgary's day. Devastating. So first up, Calgary made a big pitch, rolled out the red carpet to try to re-sign Elias Lindholm. The Flames are waiting on a response from Lindholm and have not been given a definitive answer yet, but general league speculation is he's leaning toward not re-signing with Calgary. A couple minutes later, the belief is that the Flames have received a more direct answer from defenseman Noah Hannafin, who has clearly indicated he does not plan to sign an extension in Calgary. And then finally, on the Flames, a bit of a surprise, this is again from Frank Saravalli, he's told that Michael Backlund is also leaning toward not re-signing in Calgary. That could change, and the Flames hope that it does. He's been a staple for 15 years. Nonetheless... Uh, Craig Conroy, new GM, friend of the show, was on here a couple weeks ago. Uh, His summer, we already knew it was going to be busy because we knew that he wanted to not go into the season with seven players who were going to be UFAs in 2024. Uh, But it just that picture of the business that he has to do just got a little bit clearer. Uh, Dom, what should the Flames do? Um, (laughs) Woo. It's a, it's a tough call. Um, I remember last year when they traded Kachuk for Huberdo and Uyghur, a lot of people kind of thought that the best direction might be a quick rebuild where you flip those assets into futures and the Flames instead signed them for eight years. 
mm-hmm. hoping that they would be part of the next core. And here we are, where yeah. the next group of the core ready for ready to be signed says, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in a, it's especially tough because I think all of us here probably think this Flames team is not as terrible as their record was last year. And if you wait until the trade deadline to trade these players, you run the risk of being tempted to go for it at the deadline because you might have a, a better record than anticipated. And then you risk losing all of them if for nothing, if they don't change yeah. their mind. And maybe they do. Maybe Backland is one of those players. Maybe Lindholm is one of those players. But I don't know. It just feels like the best course of action is trade them now while their value is highest, especially Lindholm. I think if he has a second year away from Gaudreau and Kachuk, where his numbers are a bit more lackluster, Mm -hmm. his value on the trade market might go down. And I think for his sake, if he's looking for a big extension, it's best to sign it as soon as possible if the number really is eight and a half million or whatever, because Mm -hmm. I would not commit max term at that price for Elias Lindholm. Is do you like a, a okay? So we're we're looking at the, at the trade board. Do you like Elias Lindholm over Pierre Luc Dubois? Right? He's the he would he's the be, is he is he the best center who would realistically end up on the trade board at this point? I, I feel like I feel, I feel like it depends on what teams need, right? I think there's gonna be mm-hmm. teams that have Elias Lindholm as like a better option for their roster than Pierre Luc Dubois. I think what I'd like more about Dubois is that he's four years older he's entering his prime and he younger. just had his his best Dubois, season four last years year younger. Mm-hmm. yeah sorry four years younger did yeah. i say older i don't know yeah. it is it's nap okay. time for me my brain is a little jello <laughs> right. but yeah he's baby, he's younger baby brain <laughs> my baby brain <laughs> nap nap <laughs> Google, gaga. uh yeah he's he's younger and i think at this stage they're they're close enough that i would probably prefer Dubois. The only issue is that you don't know whether Dubois wants to stay Mm -hmm. or not and whether you're just trading for a one-year thing. This really does uh, hit hammers home what a tough spot True Living was in last year because, you know, he makes the trade, he pulls off, you know, at least in terms of present-day assets, as good of a deal as he could have done. I know everyone, you know, hindsight's 20-20, but yeah, we can. We'd still safe to say that that's a trade that that we came out of saying like, oh, holy, holy hell, look at this. Yeah, yeah remember the St. Louis rumors? Oh, well, their God. package was pretty bad. I feel like it's really easy right now to look in hindsight as well and know that there was reportedly a package from Carolina that had like Martin Natchez, mm-hmm. and if we're thinking of where the Flames are at right now, it's probably that would have been the better trade for this team, right? Because they're a little bit younger and they have a new GM and a new coach who want to play like younger, more skilled offensive players. So maybe Martin Natchez looks better in Calgary, but also at the time, Martin Natchez wasn't a 70 point player and who would have said no to 115 point Jonathan Huberto in that moment. (laughs) So it's tough, but I think it's, it's the eight year deals that, that makes it tricky. And I think we also need to remember though, is everyone was saying if tree living doesn't lock those guys in, this trade is no longer a win for Calgary, right? It's like you need to sign them immediately. Whereas I 
feel like obviously now hindsight 2020, they would have been better off with the flexibility of not having done that. I think the I, question is how much we can absolve Brad Tree Living for those eight year deals. And I and I don't know the answer to that. But I don't know if we'll ever really get we'll never we'll never know. But something we always need to remember and I'm not trying to like make excuses for general managers or executives because more often than not, those guys have final say. They have agency. They don't need people. We don't need people going back and you know absolving them of of their biggest mistakes. But I think in the case of Tree Living, that is something we need to consider. We need sure. to we we need to think about what his boss is, what his big boss sure. was saying about you know the money that they had earmarked for Johnny Gaudreau, what they should use it for, and how to proceed with. Jonathan Huberto, but the but the, the and it doesn't and it ultimately doesn't really matter. The end result's the same: is that they have two guys who are, you know, signed into their well into their declining years to enormous money, and those are the roadblocks to the to to the rebuild. Those are the reasons that it's not like ninety like a hundred times out of a hundred, Craig Conroy like gets the call list together, starts like selling anything that isn't nailed down. It's because it's because you have those guys you know, in, in the fold and they're going to be, they're going to be tougher. <laughs> they're they're going to be a hell of a lot tougher to move than Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin, whoever, who, mm-hmm. who are two would be two top five players like on the, but you know, in the combined UFA trademark at, at this point. So it is, it's fascinating. It's an, it's a fun wrinkle to add to the whole deal, you know, a, a week before everything hits the fan. Yeah. And I think that kind of skips ahead, right? Cause Dom was saying he should, absolutely be trading these players but I think that opens up the other part of the conversation which is if the Calgary Flames do trade Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin and Michael Backlund or a combination of two of them this summer do they need to take a step back and rebuild and can they even do that with two eight-year deals about to kick in Mm -hmm. plus a long-term contract for Nazem Kadri? You've still got Jacob Markstrom signed. He's got a no-move clause, but I wonder, I feel like that's something that would be waived if the player doesn't want to go into a full-blown rebuild in Calgary. Um, But I think they've got some roadblocks to a rebuild here. And John Bean has even gone and said, this is the president of Calgary Sports Entertainment. He's not allowed to say the word rebuild. Mm-hmm. So like mm. we can talk ourselves around in circles and say, well, they should be taking a step back. They should be taking a step back. That's not the MO in Calgary. That's not how you're going to sell season tickets to a brand new arena that they fought to build for years. The timing so this, on this is, is going to be a team that is going yeah. to be stuck in the middle for the fu- foreseeable future. If things move in this direction of they trade three big pieces and still need to try to find a way to recoup enough assets to try to get into the playoffs. Kind of like the Winnipeg Jets saying that mm-hmm. they want to still compete uh, even though they're probably going to be without Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Pierre-Luc Dubois next season. And the timing on this is just so brutal for the Flames too because if, if this happened in a, in a normal year or a year down the road, things would be different. But now they're trying to move Mackenzie Weger or theoretic, theoretically, they'd be trying to move Mackenzie Weger and Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberdeau in a year where the cap effectively isn't yeah. isn't increasing. Nobody has any money to spend, or if they do have money to spend, it's earmarked for retaining their own guys or or or, or whatever else. 
this sucks for Calgary. I legitimately do feel bad for Craig Connor because it's like here, like you got you're you're in you're in the chair now, like and you might have to make eat, yeah. make some true no win decisions, or you are either that or you are being you're going to be expected to do to pull off some shit that you might not be able to pull off because of factors outside your control. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Dom, do you think that there is an ideal landing spot for somebody like Noah Hannafin? Like a top pair, top four at worst, 26-year-old defender. Probably Buffalo, right? I feel like their big thing is, a good is their, their defense last year was extremely suspect. They have two franchise-level guys. They could use someone like Hannafin who could really solidify the top four. You have... Howard, Darlene, Samuelson, Hannafin. I think that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be the best case for it. It's just the the decision really is if you want to go into the season with all of these guys and see how they do, see how happy they are away from Daryl Sutter. Because mm-hmm. the I feel like a lot of the point. team was completely burnt out. And that might be what's shaping their decision to not want to sign an extension and maybe waiting that out is the play because winning games obviously changes vibes and culture mm-hmm. and the vibes could not be worse right now in Calgary. Yeah. So it's, there's risk no matter which way sure. you go. I don't know. It's not an enviable position for sure. And I think the one thing I want to say about Huberto is if there was a mistake, it was signing him before he played a single game for the flames. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And it was, and it shouldn't have been Bradtree Living that he went for dinner with before he signed the dotted line. He should have went out to dinner with Daryl. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> might, have, might have changed some things. Well, Daryl oh. was pumping his tires at training camp, saying he's the best yeah. passer he's ever seen or mm-hmm. whatever. Totally. But that those relationships obviously mm-hmm. devolved throughout the year. And I think I can say in the reporting of the Calgary story that posted last week uh, with me and Katie and and Julian McKenzie, who's the Flames beat writer now, stole my job. Just kidding. <laughs> he took over my job. Um, losing made everything bigger in Calgary last year. Like even some of the minutia in Calgary was a big deal or had like tension surrounding it. Like to the point of even like the wives room was something that people talked about. It's like, this is a mm-hmm. crap facility the arena's old, like the some of the wives weren't happy. There's turmoil between the coach and players, between the GM and the coach, like just all these little things. And it was all just made bigger by the fact that they were having a losing, underperforming, bad season. So yeah, Dom, the, the vibes were not good last year, but the Flames cannot go into a year with all these guys potentially going to walk for nothing. Like it's not worth the risk, I don't think. Because I don't mm-hmm. think... I think that there were guys who very clearly did not want to play for Daryl Sutter anymore, but he is not the only reason somebody would want out of Calgary. Like from what I understand about the Johnny Gaudreau situation, I mean, he loved playing for Daryl. He talked about it on podcasts. He said, I loved Daryl and his dad was a very tough coach. His dad's a very hard coach. And so Johnny thrived under that environment. Johnny Gaudreau was like the example to guys in the locker room of, yeah, Daryl can be a hard ass, but it's water off your back. And he went out and scored 115 points. Like he thrived 
almost mm-hmm. in that environment because he was used to that kind of hard ass coach because his father himself has told me that he coached that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Matthew Kachuk as well. Like I, I don't think that Daryl Sutter was the reason that Matthew Kachuk left Calgary. And so those are just two examples of like, sure, Daryl can be a hard ass, but he's not the only reason that somebody might leave. Like maybe someone just doesn't want to play in Calgary. Maybe somebody like Noah Hannafin who grew up in Massachusetts wants to go close to home. He doesn't yeah. want to live in Western Canada anymore. He wants a better tax situation. He wants to live closer to his family. Maybe like there's always other reasons other than just the coach. So I feel like risking it, hoping the vibe is better is not worth it for guys who probably have made their minds up, especially at least when we're talking about Noah Hannafin, because mm-hmm. Hannafin is, seems like pretty more direct of like, I am not resigning. So I feel like you can't take that risk. Just send him somewhere else and try to f- maybe Oliver Shillington's your he's your top four upgrade and fill out mm-hmm. your third pair somewhere else. I I don't think you risk it with these guys. Not after what happened with Johnny. Yeah. Johnny He's walked it, for nothing. You can't. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's tough. It's tough too because like Conroy Conroy is like a, he's a culture guy, right? He's a positivity guy. Like you you can imagine a scenario where he comes into this and he and he's like he probably thinks that he can fix this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can imagine him saying like, uh, but he if, also man, said, I'm not having the Johnny thing I know, happen again. Well, he, and that's, that's it. Like he's learned from experience because God knows he was a part of that front office. Like he sees how bad things could go, but man, like he, you can imagine somebody like, okay, like, like maybe if we just win some games and he comes in, he's in like, in Huska's Huska is a better fit for this group and whatever. Like, like you, you can like squint and see, and see how someone would say like, yeah, let's, let's try to give it another try. And they just, they, they can't, they can't do it. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing with, is that if you trade Lindholm, that might be a blessing in disguise, uh, in the sense of not having another eight year overpaid player on your books with Uberdo and Uyghur because he might be worth 8 million now. He's also going to be like 29, 30 when that contract kicks in might be for the best. It's a fair point that will age probably well in a couple years. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Carolina hurricane should just get Lindholm back (laughs) and like give him a fair contract and maybe Lindholm will be like, yeah, I miss Rod so much. Probably I will does. take a bit less. He loves him, right? Rod loves Elias for sure. Um, I've talked to Rod Brindamore multiple times about that person. So I feel like even at the deadline, I was like, Lynn home to the Cades. Lynn home to they have, the they have money. They have money. They've got money to spend. Um, and he would help with the goal scoring aspect. He scored mm-hmm. 40 goals like a year ago. So um, my sleeper pick for Hannafin as we go back into more specific like destinations. You're going to take this from me. I brought this up. This wasn't <laughs> your idea. It's okay. Hannafin to the Penguins. I think that's something that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is a, a Boston a guy. Yeah. No. Mike Sullivan, also Boston guy. It's like, well, you, you're not going to the Bruins because they have $5 in cap space. <laughs> but you can play for Mike Sullivan who elicits feelings of being at home. And a guy like Hannafin, he he is good enough to dictate where he goes. Like, he can get the Kachuk treatment and say, like, ah, here's five teams or seven teams. Like, you land me on one of them, like, fine. And then also, once you have that preliminary list, you kind of, like, twist the screws and 
and uh, and enforce your way to to where you want to go. I think Pittsburgh makes a ton of sense. I think something like, you know, a draft pick and maybe Pierre Olivier Joseph was like something that that would, mm-hmm. you know, make it, that would make sense as a as a starting point. Did I say Pierre Olivier Joseph? I did. POJ. I, that's not why I was laughing. I was going to say and throw in Michael Granlin's contract. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I Julian. I'm I don't sorry. know. Would you see something like <laughs> something that crazy? He got ripped for that and he was tweeting about it too. Somebody tagged me in the story and he was like, I'm not doing another one of these. I got destroyed in this yeah, one. Those are, those are, it's because those are you no, threw in Michael Granlin's crap contract and a Hannafin deal. Julian learns his lesson. He Sweet can't do Julian, <laughs> don't do trade work. proposals. They don't work. <laughs> no. Because no. even if you get the trade right, then people will still be like, well. There's no such thing. Yeah. That's oh, getting no. a trade right online. I am Even the GMs say, who make it, they don't make the trades right. No. I will <laughs> say, and Sean was there, he can attest to this. When we were doing the where could Matthew Kachuk be traded to list. Yep. We I had like some info. I mean, we sourced it in the story of like some of the teams on his list. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Florida it was, good, was one it was of them. It was good information too. Yes. It was very good information. Uh, Florida was one of them. And Sean and I were like, there's no way. <laughs> it was, I, I, and, I, I and honestly. And we tried to work the numbers. We straight up, I feel like Sean might have said, they wouldn't need to trade Huberto for I that. Seriously and so we think took I, I seriously think I said that. I was like, well, they'd probably have to trade Huberto. They would never do that. So we took him And out. we took it out of the story. And. <laughs> It, the story did well. It was fine. I thought it was still good. We flushed out all these examples of where he could go, who had the space, who had the assets that Calgary be interested in. And then, you know, a week uh, later like or whatever, we, okay, Matthew we could just include that detail in it. It's I been think. a it's been a year late. We're a year out. We can we can we can say this like after the fact. We we had we had the list. You had the list, basically. That wasn't just like that wasn't just you throwing darts and saying like oh maybe you could end up on this like like we had we had the list of preferred teams and then conv- and convinced ourselves I, that the Panthers were impossible. I'm I sh- I'm shocked you didn't just include that detail because that feels like so up your alley to say. Well, sources say Panthers on the list, but like they'd probably have to trade like Huberto or something. That's like that sounds <laughs> so Sean Gentilly, hundred percent. And we got and ripped in the out. comments, people being like, "Well, this didn't age well." I was like, "I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> buddy. You have no idea how poorly it is." And we Couldn't didn't have, have any worse. We didn't have the list per se, but what we did was like go through a list of teams, and they said like, "Yep, nope." No, don't include that. You'll sound stupid. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. Don't say that team, you idiot. Uh, And but we were like, well, the story was already too long or something. And it was like, well, we're going to take out this 300 words about how the Panthers are never going to happen. Because no. they would have to trade Huberto or Weaker. And, and that's why we write <laughs> maybe, the maybe story when it's both. worth. Yeah. <laughs> we don't and that is why out. Dom writes 10,000 word articles. Because exactly. he'll never like he'll never have a moment of, ooh, I deleted that. Because he writes the longest all, stories baby. on this website. If you, if, you, if you include every option, you will never fail to include the correct one. That's what I Exactly. Saying. There you that's go. Right. <laughs> All right. I think we've spent about 25 minutes or so talking about the Calgary Flames. They are going to be a team to watch over the next couple of weeks. Seems like Craig Conroy is going to be busy. Um, they've got a 16th overall pick in the first round as well. Dom, who do you think they should take? Ooh, 
Will Connor Bedard be available? <laughs> if he drops, they should absolutely yeah. take that guy. I feel Connor, like that would be a huge win. <laughs> Move down to Connor Bedard in a clown wig in, in, that, in, in that spot. <laughs> yeah. Various yeah. incarnations of Connor yeah, Bedard. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, when we come back from this quick little ad break, we're going to head into the bigger free agency primer, look at some more trade candidates that are not from the Calgary Flames with Dom. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So free agency is back on a regular schedule. So July 1st, NHL free agency opens. This is our final show before that happens. So Dom, you did this a few months ago now. Um, so maybe there's been a little bit of change with certain players who are off the board or players who, <laughs> oh, I know there's one very special player who's off the board, uh, or players who are expected to be testing the free agent waters. Sounds like a lot of the, uh, Leafs UFAs might hit the market. Justin Hall specifically very important. Michael Bunting. Um, it's not a great free agent year. It's already a pretty overhyped day. People get overpaid this year. Uh, it's going to be tough for that. Dom, <laughs> what do you make of this year's free agent class? Uh, I feel like this could be absolutely disastrous based on what we've already seen for prices for Severson, uh, Gavrikov, Athanasiu. I just, with such little needle moving talents available um i think the lack of supply huge demand will create some astronomically stupid contracts and i think the best course of action is if your team does nothing on july 1st you'll be having a great time july 1st july 5th i don't know i mean it's the fifth I mean, it's the first. It's the first. It's back to the yeah. first. I don't. Even, I, uh, Did you not listen year? to my intro? He, he's completely blacked out and didn't listen to a second of what you said. I literally <laughs> just said it's back. It's back on I July heard, one. I heard back. I heard July, and then my brain went to another. You planet just started and hearing came back. like wop 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 wop. That's the penis adults. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's the te- it's the Charlie yes. Brown teacher. That's the joke. Yeah. I think what's gonna sa- what's gonna save people or what's gonna save some teams is that nine teams have more than ten million dollars in projected cap space for this season. Once you factor in RFAs and stuff, like there isn't that much money flying right. around. So, so that's mm-hmm. gonna stop people from making stop teams from making like the David Clarkson decision or <laughs> you know the Matt Bolesky decision or these players who we've seen over the years who sign these contracts that that are 
shitty on the day that they sign them and only get worse from there on out. There just isn't that much money to throw. That now is that to say that there aren't guys that are going to aren't going to get overpaid and the mistakes aren't won't be made. Like of, of course not. But I really do think that the eighty three and a half million dollar cap is going to screw over players a who who otherwise would have cashed in, but b prevent teams from making you know big time capital and mistakes. Well, we're probably going to see more Gavrikov type deals, right? Guys setting themselves up to get a payday two mm-hmm. years from now when the cap goes up more and they can actually cash in. Um, I'm sure we'll see a couple long-term deals because and some of those teams that have a lot of cap space are teams that are going to be on the upswing or rebuilding. The Red Wings have so much money to work with right now. Um, so does Anaheim. But those also, like, those probably aren't teams a lot of, a lot of guys would probably sign, like with Anaheim, we saw last year with Klingberg, right? He signed a big ticket one-year deal to try to boost his his value and then get flipped at the deadline. Um, so maybe we'll see a bit more of that this summer. Maybe. I, I think it also hurts that Vianchel's favorite money laundering outfit has decided to stop money laundering. Um, <laughs> and it'd be interesting if they sign some real players for once because it feels like Maybe they're they're ready to be on the upswing. I don't know. Um, Who are you talking yeah, about? The Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> for now. Um, but yeah, like uh, for now. Yeah, <laughs> for now. So what's the date? June twenty second. Okay, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look at some of the top guys. Uh, I look at Alex Kalorn and his projection on evolving hockey is six million four years. I don't. I want to believe that's too high and it won't happen. But like, it could. And that Oof. would be really bad because he's 33 and he's already showing signs of decline. And yeah. it's just city miles on that dude. He's played, he's played a lot of hockey, a lot of hard hockey over, over the last mm-hmm. few years for sure. Like you wonder what Ryan O'Reilly will get. A lot of city miles uh-huh. there. And Patrick Kane, a lot of city miles there. And he already has no hips or whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, ter- a terrible case of no hipitis. Yes. <laughs> Who's the top player for you guys right now? Is it Dmitry Orlov? Yeah, I think so. I think he, like, I mean, I saw, I think Frank Cervelli said he might get like 8 million or something, and that would be colossally stupid. But like, I could see it because he can play tough minutes. He can play on the top pair. It's just, he's also 31. And I don't know how much more effective he'll be going forward. So yeah, I like him a lot. I don't know how much I'll like him on July 1st when his new contract is probably way more lasts, than he lasts until 20, whatever, 2032. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who's, uh, are there, are there like some, some, uh, mid-level maybe under, under, um, overlooked players like from the, from the mid-class there that you think some teams would be smart to go out and, and, and pick off? Um, I I wonder what Eric Gustafson is going to get because he was a forgotten player for the Leafs. Yeah. But the way he played when Carlson went out for the Caps, I think, is worthwhile. And I feel like he's going to be someone who's cheap, who at the very worst can crush sheltered minutes and perhaps can do a little better than that if what we saw last year was real. It's possible he also gets a stupid contract. I don't know. But I think he could be... Like the next Kevin Shattenkirk, if Kevin hmm. Shattenkirk got paid a, a normal amount. <laughs> yeah. 
That's great. I love that. That's like well, that's like how we're framing the the, the UFA discussion. Like, yeah, maybe kind of like Kevin, kind of like Kevin Shattenkirk. Like, let's get excited, folks. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Carson Susie, big fan of uh, the Seuss size defensive ability, but I wonder if people go crazy because he has size and defensive ability, even though he's really only played on the third pair in Seattle. Um, Those are the yeah. guys that are going to get Carson Susie. Uh, Scott Mayfield, Ryan mm-hmm. Graves, these like def- these defensemen who are who are tall are, are the ones who are. The, if anybody benefits this uh, this offseason, it's going to be them, right? Because that's like the that's the flavor of the week because of because of what we saw from the from the Vegas Golden Knights. Big boy Pierre wrote it. It's now gospel. And the big boy himself. <laughs> yeah, you know why it's gospel? Because eleven different GMs told him that. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> and it's like it's not entirely wrong to think that as well. It's just you should be finding those next guys, not mm-hmm. paying for these guys who are gonna be not worth that much and on the wrong side of uh the age curve. Like yep. the reason Vegas succeeded is they they found those undervalued guys, they developed their own, and when it came to find an elite player at that level in Petrangelo, they they paid for it, but they didn't overpay. And I think that's mm-hmm. the mistake people are going to make here on July 1st. Mm-hmm. Do you think Michael Bunting is going to get a bigger ticket or is he going to be one of those shorter term, like prove it again? I feel like Mason Marchman is a decent, his mm-hmm. second contract or the one that he just signed last summer is a decent um, comparable, but I think Bunting also had better success at the NHL level before hitting UFA yeah. status. So he's going to be an interesting case. Yeah. It, it always depends on where you put him. Michael, Michael Bunting isn't driving his own line, but if you put him with a superstar, he's shown a great ability to thrive in that setting and be the type of forechecking presence that those types of players need. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was really high on Zach Hyman for the same reason, but a lot of people thought that contract would be a disaster. Two years later, he's he's thriving in the right fit, the right role. Playing and I think, it, yeah. yeah. So if you put Bunting in a similar situation, I think he can he can do well there. If you put him, if you bring him in and expect him to be a top line player on his own merit, then that is where things go wrong. I think the other lesson from Zach Hyman is he didn't get power play time with Toronto. He's getting it in Edmonton. That's part of his value. Michael Bunting, same story. Didn't get much power play time. I think he can potentially up his numbers if he gets that on a on a different team in a maybe a net front presence role. Is there a forward out there who you think would make sense to do the Gavrikov route where they sign uh you know a shorter term deal, a two a two or three year deal so they can set themselves up, you know, down the line a couple years whenever the cab opens up? Like is is there a guy out there cuz I I feel like I feel like we're going to see that somewhere, but I I'm also interested to to figure out who who does it. I, I hear Mike Bunting, great example. Mm-hmm. Do, does he bet on himself down the line or does he say like, well, I, I think you need I to know. cash in. On I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know if I'm getting, I don't know if I'm going to get another year or two playing predominantly with, you know, super with a couple superstar mm-hmm. forward. So maybe I should cash in now. Like it, it's not, it's not one of those, th- it doesn't work for, for every, right. for every player. I don't think. I, I wonder if, uh, I think Barbashev is an interesting one because he can cash in off the playoff, but before that he wasn't very good. So I wonder where his salary comes in and whether he wants to prove he can be that difference maker over the next two years and then cash in again. 
I think the same goes for Bertuzzi in sort of the opposite direction, where he was yep. really good with Detroit, sort of off this year, then went to Boston, was really good again. And he he's not young. He's, I think, 28 or whatever. And I think a two-year deal, he can cash in again when he's 30. Could work out, but... Mm-hmm. I think that whole thing screams for Bertuzzi, right? Like, it, yeah. if, if there's Sign a, a short-term if, deal in yep. Boston. Yeah. They... <laughs> Yeah, they're going to need... They don't have any money, but... They're going to need players. They're going to have to... They need to fill out the roster. I cannot wait to see what the Bruins do (laughs) on the draft floor and stuff. I'm going to be watching their draft table. I'm just going to be standing there. If you see me at the draft, following Don Sweeney around, it's because I am obsessed with their cap situation. (laughs) Don! Don! Can I ask you a couple questions? (laughs) <laughs> uh, where's the money going to come from? Where's, where's the money? money? Um, the Barbashev conversation is interesting and um, our All 32 on The Athletic that came out on Thursday morning is quite interesting as well. Um, every team's toughest decision from Alex Dabrinkit to Tristan Jari to Aiden Hill versus Ivan Barbashev. Um, so this is quite interesting. This is from Jesse. Basically, the Golden Knights can bring back nearly their entire lineup from their Stanley Cup run if they choose to, with really only two key players set to become free agents. Those would be Aiden Hill and Ivan Barbashev. Uh, They're going to hit the open market on July 1. They both had very strong postseasons, which could boost their market value, but Vegas could retain one of them, but not likely both without a salary cap shedding move. If you guys had to pick between Ivan Barbashev and Aiden Hill, who would you pick to stick in Vegas? Probably Barbashev. I think Vegas proved with Aiden Hill specifically that they can just do whatever Throw with whoever. any goal. Yeah. <laughs> and they they have... Right. Is Lehner coming back? I don't know. There's um, still... Qu- that's the thing. There's question marks about Robin Leonard. They also still have Logan Thompson. I yeah. like Lo- I like Logan Thompson. He played. He was like kind of the proof of concept. I feel like of last last year, where it's like, well, everyone wanted. He was the. He should be winning the Calder over Matty Beniers candidate early yeah. in the season, right? Yeah, and, and that was and, and that was got fake. Hurt. And we learned that we learned how because I remember when I was writing the articles early on the season, everyone was saying, "Where's Logan Thompson?" I'm like, Vegas defense is very good. They're propping up his numbers, mm-hmm. and I think we we saw the proof concept of that. Throughout the playoffs, where we know that he can, we know that yeah. he can thrive in that environment. I yeah. think is 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 the way to put it. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to overly gas up Logan Thompson and make it sound like he's a world beater or something. Because look, man, we just saw Brassois and Aiden Hill and these guys, <laughs> they all mm-hmm. did well. But they can so, go cheap on the goalie if they have yeah. to to keep Barbashev in the fold. And something, that line was so good. That, it, even like, even just like aesthetically, right? Like some something yeah. about something about that group just made just made made too much sense to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I say you keep Barbashev personally, um, and then let Aiden Hill try to be a number one goalie somewhere else because I think he was great in the playoffs, and that's going to boost his value. But I think we also have to remember this was his first year starting more than twenty five games in a season. Um. So keep that in mind. Also on the Robin Leonard conversation, um, Kelly McCrimmon said that it's too early to be talking about his future with the Golden Knights. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Harry said it's, quote, too premature to talk about Robin Leonard's future. Wink, wink. Yeah. So that was a fun one. This was a good story, actually. Uh, The All-32, Sean, was there a couple debates in here that stuck out to you? I, I, well, I'm bi- maybe biased or it's just fresh in my mind. I had to write the Panthers section. <laughs> oh. Um, 
but like <laughs> so it's Vlad's, the Panthers Vlad's hurt. Well, no, seriously. All right, we're so we're we're talking about the defending Eastern Conference champion. Aaron Eckblad is seri- seriously hurt. I think his foot fell off or something. Clinically right? dead. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure of, of the medical terminology. A terrible case of a uh, foot fell off. Stop it! Don't don't joke about that. That's horrible. Brandon Montour labrum issue. We all know those take hockey players a long time to to recover from. That's a that's a tough that's a tough rehab. He should what be able to do they... that over the off season. <sighs> I don't know. Like, Tanev like, did. It, it, yeah, Chris Tanev is <laughs> a warrior. He's, He's an, unco- warrior. A, an uncommon fellow. Here, the the point the point is that they're going to be missing those guys at the mm-hmm. at the beginning of the uh, of the season. Matthew Kachuk pro- also broke his sternum. Sternum. Yeah, sternum. The Panthers have money to spend. They have Patrick Hornquist coming off the books. There's still some buyout money tied up with Keith. You know, their cap situation is actually, is actually really funny, but that's that's not really the point. They have money to spend. And now all of a sudden they have a need. <laughs> or two on the top four. So they were mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, when we're talking about Hannafin, I know and I know he's like he's the he's the flavor of the week because of, you know, for for obvious reasons. But that that's another team where I'm like, I, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. That would be mm-hmm. that would be interesting to me. Florida trying to find some way to bring in Hannafin because he's a very good friends with Matthew. He, Really good, yeah, exactly. Really good the friends with, hour. with with Kachuk. Really good player, and also regardless of what happens with Ekblad or Montour, they, Montour, they still needed. Defender. They still need someone else, and that was where they had to scrimp and save last year with some of the some of the cap stuff that they were working through last season, which seemed like it was going to be a reset year at one point, basically. Like mm-hmm. right because because they were waiting for some for some money to free up. So as a long-term answer and a short-term answer, I, I think I think Hanif, the Hannafin discussion when it comes to the Panthers is is uh, is interesting to me. And the reason I said that is because I couldn't think of anything else, and I was and I and I wrote that one in particular. But there <laughs> okay, is, another, there, there, there is great there is great. Um, now I'm scrolling through it, and there is there is there's a lot stuff of good stuff. I think the Canes are interesting because both of their goalies and their tandem from this year and last year, uh, the one that. A year ago, won the Jennings. They're both unrestricted free agents. There's also Pietor Kuchetkov kind of waiting in the wings. It seems like they really like him. So I'm curious to see if they keep one of Freddie Anderson uh, or Auntie Ranta to kind of shelter Kuchetkov just in case he's not ready to take on 1B duty. So you want to have a number one goalie or if they just kind of like Vegas go on the cheap with an unrestricted free agent goalie because their defensive structure is so strong. They also have guys who are eligible to sign new contracts. Like Sebastian Ajo is one of those guys who can sign a deal on July 1 because he's going to be a UFA a year from now. Um, Tavo Taravainen's one year away from unrestricted free agency as well. Old we know is. they, yes. Um, I mean, Jordan Stahl's a UFA. It's wild. Yes. It's yes. crazy. Like, oh, basically, oh, oh, every single, <laughs> the only person signed, the only person who is on the books to be paid in 2025-26 is Cockneyemi. So and I'm Kuchekov. watching the Canes. Actually, Svech and Kuchekov. also. Oh, because he's on the IR. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was in the IR. Okay, sorry, everybody. That's You've got core. a goalie. <laughs> yeah. They've got Svechnikov, Kuchetkov, and Kokniemi. Also, So just... I'm watching Carolina. 
And there's so many goaltender questions too. I think that's one of the other themes that kind of emerged from mm-hmm. from this all all 32, right? So many teams, you know, whether it's whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's New Jersey, whether it's LA, these are like brand name relevant yeah. teams that have huge, huge, you know, capitalized, underlined, bolded, italicized question marks in in uh in net. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's reflected in in the story too. And again, like we <laughs> All the all the beats go into you know greater greater detail. Um, Sorry, there. I just hit myself in the face with this microphone. Please leave that in there. Sorry, Sean. Please it's continue. Okay. I, I try I tried to keep it going. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I didn't lose it too, so we're good. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. The goalie market's going to be really interesting because there are teams with questions when it comes to who they might sign or if they're going to keep their pending unrestricted free agent goalies. But I think some of the best options on the market are going to be the ones that could be available via trade, right? The trade board is so much better in general uh, than the UFA list. The top trade candidates on the Athletics offseason trade board right now Pierre-Luc Dubois, Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley, Alex DeBrinkett, Carter Hart, Travis Konechny, John Gibson, Eric Carlson, Brett Pesci, and William Nylander. That is the top 10 right now. Dom Gass. So yeah, let's get into it. That's just the top 10. There's still other guys in there. Um, Anthony Duclair is listed on here. Connor Garland, Michael Backlund, as we kind of talked about earlier in the show while digging into everything that's happening in Calgary. Um, there's people on the watch list too. They put Matthews on the watch list. I feel like that's just kind of cruel to Dom specifically. Um, <laughs> it's a personal affront, a personal slight. Like it's going <laughs> to get interesting too. I just, mm-hmm. they just probably put the whole core for him. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, let's just put everybody in here. Um, two the names, trade, on, the, the two names trade... on the watching, two names on the watching list, Swamin and Allmark. Haley. Yeah. Your oh yes. This is my passion project mm-hmm. is, the Bruins cap situation and why they should trade Lena Salmark. Respectfully. Respectfully. Of course. I don't need to talk about this again. I talked about this on the radio multiple times and on this show multiple times. They're Um, they're on the watch list. The trade list is interesting. I feel like the draft could be a gong show of big trades or just the space between the draft and free agency. Um, Dom, did anyone stand out to you from that top 10? I and would why be is it really, I'm going to ignore that completely. Yeah. I didn't see that. Went straight from nine to Blake Wheeler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit of a drop off by, by the way, Brett, from Nylander Brett to Blake Pesci, Wheeler. Yeah. Blake Wheeler, Kyler Taylor Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah. And then Nick Schmaltz. <laughs> yeah. Nick Schmaltz is really good. And he's there sitting there at 13. Um, 
That's actually I, I, 12 by your counting. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Nick Schmaltz sitting at number 12. Uh-huh. It's like a it's like a hotel that skips floor 13, except Domless skips number the genuine, 10. The genuine gasp that came out of this boy's mouth. I don't think he was expecting that. <laughs> it's 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 definitely My boy possible. Willie, no! <laughs> he's just got he's he's got such good vibes. He shows up for I playoffs. Do. I don't know. He, he is not the member of the core four that I would pencil in to say like he needs to go, but he's probably the easiest to get a good package for, don't you think? Is 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 it's, he? Because is that not, he's one year it's off the easiest from one to try to win. I, I feel like they probably lose every core four trade. Of course, yeah, you're not winning a deal, especially if it's like Marner or Matthews. But I feel like I don't know. There's something about the Nylander. What? This isn't the leaf report. <laughs> Sean. We spent 30 minutes on the Calgary Flames. <laughs> and you were like, oh yeah, Calgary time. Let's go. Totally. Let's go. <laughs> Sean hates Sean's Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <clears throat> go ahead. The NHL's a 31 team league in Sean's yeah. mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. He they probably wouldn't win a Nylander deal, but and he's not, but he's also the point I was trying to make is he's not the one that I would say. Mm-hmm. should go like he's not top of the list like if you're a core four needs to be broken up person like Nylander should be your top guy that you want to get rid of because as you said like he shows up in the playoffs he I think he's frustrating to a lot of people but not for me <laughs> not me though <laughs> not me though. not me though <laughs> um what makes him the highest one on the list probably though is the fact that he's a year away from UFA status and he is represented by Lewis Gross, who also represents Johnny Gaudreau, who is familiar with Bradtree Living. Like, I just, this is from the trade list as well that LeBron and Russo and DeHatchik put together. Um, it says, Tree Living isn't going to allow a song and dance to play out all season with Nylander, who we now have number 10 on the trade board. It's That's extension or else. Intriguing. Brother. Um, anyways, that's not happening. William Nylander, lead for life. Never mind. Number, number <laughs> anyways. six, Travis Konechny. I was seriously, I wanted to ask you specifically no, about Travis Konechny. No, let speak. I wanted to ask him about Travis Konechny. Well, he's talking about him. Great, great player, right? Like, I feel like <laughs> offensively, he really blossomed last year. And I think he can be a very significant top six edge to a team that knows what it's doing. Like the fact he was doing that on the Flyers last year, very impressive. Put him on a real team. And I think he can be a guy that we might include in the top 100 players at year's end. Ooh. Maybe. Send him Ooh. to Carolina. Really? Would he be a fit on the Canes? He sounds so up the Canes alley. It's insane. Like that feels like a, a perfect fit for, that would be like, oh, Carolina did a thing. They got connect me. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's predictable. Got to dig up, dig up, and see if uh, see if Tulski wrote anything about connect <laughs> me. How does Tulski sleep that about, night? Yeah. <laughs> what did Eric write blog, his blog team. about about Travis about Travis Konechny in twenty in twenty uh, thirteen or whatever? <laughs> interesting, interesting, interesting. Speaking of the Flyers, did you guys see the photos of them wearing their new jerseys when they released? When they released like the slightly altered shade of orange jerseys a, a couple of days ago, except for the third jersey, which is the same old shade which of is orange. The same. But the photos that they took of these guys, they look like 
they they look like there's someone like just out of frame like pointing a gun at them. These guys look so <laughs> miserable, like 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 just like completely stone faced, like like standing on the ice. Like oh my god, it made it. it Jersey reveals are always really funny, especially when the changes are like incremental and pointless. And they're like, we use a slightly different Pantone shade for 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 the orange. But when you factor in that these guys look like you know they're there under un, under duress, it added it added another wonderful layer to the whole thing. They saw the back of the jersey and saw that there was still a stupid nameplate on the back, and they're like, like, "Oh, not shit. not this Those are again." Still here. I I've been crying about this for like fifteen years. Why? Why yes. is there a black nameplate with white writing? It's cool for fifteen minutes. Now it's like, okay, you guys, you yeah. guys can move on. I've, I've had enough of the nameplate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, this just came in while we were recording from the NHL Board of Governors. Teams will not wear specialty jerseys and warm-ups next season. <laughs> what, a, what a solution, folks. Who could have seen that coming? Mm. So the, the power of Ivan Provorov. It's Pride Month! In, Jesus Christ. This is not happy pride! This league is so unserious. Could have just, could have just waited until July for that. It's like not inducting... Yeah. Carolyn Ouellette and Julie Chu into the Hall of Fame in the same class. They it's Pride Month and they're married with beautiful young children. This sucks. Is it anything else come out? Come out? Was it like a did they have a board meeting or something? I thought they were doing that. Next yes, week. almost Is, today. Are, are military Jews, jerseys included in that? <laughs> uh, I it feels like the they. I, it feels like oh, all these specialty jerseys are canceled. Not the military, though. Except, except, except the cop jerseys. We're allowed to wear those still. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this means that, like, no hockey fights cancer, no indigenous jerseys, no pride, no military. Like, everything is done. It's That sucks. Yeah. Basically to cater who people, cater to people who can't handle a rainbow frickin' jersey. This, the coolest rainbow jerseys. They always, they always went bomb. so hard. They looked so good. They made a community feel included until this year when certain players started saying, no, hockey is not for everyone after all. Stupid. And the NHL is confirming that voice. So also, just just great design, too. Like, the, the mm-hmm. Canucks Indigenous jerseys were, like, the best hockey, some of the best hockey jerseys I've ever, mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And Like, are, they could make so much money off of this. Stupid. And they just even and when a they lot were, of that goes to like yeah. special causes too. <laughs> yeah, well, good goodbye to that. That shit is so lame, blah, man. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Adam Henrique is thirtieth on the on the <laughs> and, and trade board. He's pretty solid. I feel like he could be a decent pickup for a team who needs some secondary scoring. He's a pretty good defensive player. Got screwed over by the Ducks mess last season. Mm-hmm. I have an update. So this is the quote from Bettman. I've suggested it would be appropriate for clubs not to change their jerseys and warm up because it's become a distraction. This way, we're keeping the focus on the game and the cause. So theme nights, like Hockey Fights Cancer and Pride Night, will stay. Jerseys will still be sold, but teams will not wear them during warm-ups. We'll still take your money. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point if the players aren't wearing them? Shit sucks. So that's the news of the day. It's just depressing. I Anyways. came out at 5 p.m. 
Yeah. Like four fifty Thursday news dump. Mm. Um, okay. So that was just a bit of news that came out from the board of governors. Um, before we end the show, we'll pull it back to the trade list that we were talking about, Dom, before we end the show. Is there somebody from the trade list that interests you that we did not touch on? Uh, yeah, just going back to the flyers, Scott Lawton, absolutely fine player as, as mid as it gets. <laughs> apparently worth uh more than a first because i he already got offers for i think 25th overall 29th overall something along those lines and danny beer said no we like this player and should you like scott lawton that much when you're the flyers and you're supposed to be rebuilding i he's he's 29 he's 29 oh my god i thought he was like 25 no this way. is wild to me oh my god <laughs> um is that a that, is that a typo I'm <laughs> no, just looking at the trade for. I I remember he was drafted. It was a long time ago. <laughs> oh my god, um, Scott Lawton. He he is a player. He is worth his contract. He's not overpaid. He's not underpaid. Yeah. He's he's completely middle of the road, and we're getting is, a lot of. Is he like the new? Is he the new standard for the completely adequate, <laughs> adequate NHL player? He's like perfectly like, paid too. That's yeah. the, uh, that's which the other probably thing. makes him valuable to a team. It's like, oh hey, we have three million dollars to give this guy who deserves three million dollars. Because a lot of the guys on this trade board are making like he might be in the top twenty. He is the single most affordable player. Everyone else, oh except for Kalen Addison. Mm-hmm. Who's making nine hundred and ten thousand dollars? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Russo's talked at length about Kalen Addison and why he's included on this list, but that's a wild one to me. Mm-hmm. Like he just is can't he, play defense. And is that's that it? You, yeah. Is, or, if or you, is he if, just like you can? If just you're on the Minnesota Wild, you have some money. Yeah, I don't know. And you can't play defense. What are you doing? He's still, he's still really young though. I don't know. Yeah, that it's that is true. Interesting. Is Kevin yeah. Hayes really going to get traded at this at this price tag? Like that's one of the worst contracts in the league, and there he is at number fourteen. Two more years at seven point one four million. Briere's doing his job again. Like he was up there yesterday, being like, "Oh, we like Kevin Hayes a lot. We, we're we're fine. We we're fine with him on the roster if we keep him." And meanwhile, he's like he's trying to Jedi mind trick people into <laughs> taking him <laughs> at that at that number for two more years. Well, he's already shown that he could be creative in pulling off these kind of deals. I feel we like we're going to see more uh three team trades like teams have had a couple of years now under this flat cap environment so they know how to get things done and be creative without a lot of space whereas a couple of years ago it was dead and it was boring i feel like gms have gotten a bit more creative and learned how to operate in this space because they know it's not going away this summer anymore mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. right that was a free agent primer I feel we better. good, guys. I feel, I feel, I feel like I got smarter over the course of the last hour. That's You're good. always the smartest guy I know. Don't. Other than yourself, Dom. <laughs> second, second smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Ow! I just hit my mouth on the mic again, again. 
dear listeners, we've edited out, I'm sure edited out like an extended sequence where Haley ch- chipped her tooth on, on the microphone. I, I didn't chip my tooth, but my mouth is bleeding. So we're going to end the show here. It's been over <laughs> an hour. Who wants to go to I the need hospital? To seek, I need to seek medical attention um, and hopefully no dental work. I don't know what happened. I threw the microphone into my face, but thanks, Tom, for doing a free agent primer with us. It was worth it to see you go face first to a microphone twice in one hour. <laughs> Still time left. That's how I know you were she's paying got, attention. She's, she's got to do some plugs and some reads here. Let's see if mm-hmm. she does it again. Yeah, let's see if I can make it through the outro. Just a reminder, friends and listeners, if you're not an Athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $1 a month for 12 months and I just want to say that this is Danielle's fault because she keeps telling me to get close to the mic and I get now I'm getting too close to the mic and I'm hurting myself so Danielle you will be getting my medical bill thanks everyone for listening I live in Canada there's no medical bill brag about it <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody 